let's say, how is it possible? I think the, the answer I have for that is that many CEOs, leaders, would like their AI to be more effective. Now, when you say empathy in business, you also say empathy related to artificial intelligence. How is that possible? Good question, Simon. Um, naturally, uh, there's a little provocation in that because at the end of the day, it's, it's let's say, at best an ambition at this point. The, let's say, how is it possible? I think the, the answer I have for that is that many CEOs, leaders, would like their AI to be more effective. And they would generally want to use the AI to interact with their customers. And, and therefore, the sub-thought underneath that is, well, how can I do things cheaper, faster, better? And possibly get rid of some of these messy people, these individuals, humans, that are working for me because they're expensive and, and they're a pain in the ass. They keep complaining to me. So I let me just delegate my customer relationship as much as I can to AI and automated services. So that's how you end up with these type of spammy type of CRM practices, customer relationship management practices, where you get email after email that just feels like impersonal, even though it says, dear Minter, comma, your business is important to us, blah, 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 blah. And then I get hit with another one, another message, you know, two minutes, two, I notice you didn't open up the email. Please, I really want you to listen to me. I really love you. You're my favorite friend <laughs> or whatever. And, or not and, to write a message. Uh, well, but so often that's the case. And, and so whether, when you're using AI, actually the first idea is to think about your own empathy before you even write it. Forget about it having empathy per se, but do you as an individual have empathy? That's why it all starts with you because in the end of the day, AI will never be more intelligent or at least not for the foreseeable future than the person who's encoding it in the first place. And so you need to bring diversity into that team. Again, bringing back this notion of having diversity of opinion, diversity of backgrounds, diversity of skills, and then when you go into the coding, coding of Bef it, before, you... before we lose that, uh, do you have also a good example of somebody reaching out to you on LinkedIn and it was empathic, it was natural, mm -hmm. it was nourishing, you liked it? Well, I, I tend to get, it's a trigger point for me, Simon. I, I get about, I'd say, 10 to 20 requests a, a week uh, for LinkedIn uh, invitations and fully... 18 of them might be uh, without any comment. And then two are usually around this type of comment. Hey, Minter, you got a great network. I really want to be part of it. That's so generic oh, and you're and, not giving anything. Right. And, and you know, this, this is the notion of the WIFM, right? The what's in it for me. Exactly. And it's not about being egotistical, but if someone is only interested in scraping, if you will, my network, I'm not at all interested in that person. So how can someone lean in? Well, they would go and check out my profile. They might see what I've written recently, seen an interview I've done recently. They may or may not like it, but maybe they can say, well, that was really interesting. Uh, I really like that for this. This is a person who might also be a great guest for you on the show. By the way, it's not me. 
because then it shows that I'm more in a giving spirit. There, that means that they've tapped into some of my, let's say, my zeitgeist, my gestalt, which is to be more open to other people, meeting new people, and not being all about me. Even though I'm a speaker, I speak a lot about me and my experiences. I really do try every day. I have a habit of doing two things, Simon. First is I want to meet a green person. And a green person in my calendar, it's all color-coded, is someone I don't know. So today you're my green person. And then the second thing I do, I want to make sure every day, and this I check off, have I given out good value to the world somehow or through a blog post, through a tweet or whatever, valuable tweet. Anyway, so if someone were to reach out to me on LinkedIn, if they did some research and said, I've seen how you do the, da, 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 I, I like this. Or by the way, there's a mistake on your website looking out for you. So value to me. Well, that would be, those would be examples of how to be a valuable network. In my, the way I describe it, Simon, is my network of LinkedIn people, which is considerably larger than what I'm about to say, but is generally around, I need to know them and trust them. Or it can be, I know them and respect them. Because I don't necessarily know them enough to trust them because it's hard to get really, you know, what is trust with 4,000 people in my network? But if I didn't apply that kind of strategy, I would have hit my limit some years ago. Beautiful. Because that's one current application of AI in business. Like you have these uh, automated uh, apps that help you basically send more messaging out. Yeah. And you have the problem that then they are not really connecting then and spammy. So... Uh, what, what else are applications of AI that you uh, see as relevant and where empathy has, has its place? Well, there are two, two ways uh, the, that are very, let's say, prominent today. And the first is with regard to your chatbots. So when you put up your automated chat on, a, on your website, uh, there's a real opportunity to be more empathic in the scripting of what you do. And that would involve as well within customer service, how you hand off and, and the, the work between the AI back into an agent, human agent, back into AI, back into the agent and how you script all that and work the text so it feels comfortable. I would add also how transparent you are if you're doing that kind of a handoff to make sure that you're not trying to trick the person into believing that they are really a human being. First of all, the AI is bound to screw it up. Second of all, it makes you feel very bad if you feel like you're talking to a real person, but it turns out to be an, um, a robot. It doesn't, doesn't feel great that way. So the first is chatbot. And the second is with regard to your automated processes. There are services, there's a company for whom I've done a lot of work called Pegasystems. And Pegasystems is, a, let's say, an equivalent of a, it's a mini Salesforce. And what they do in their program is that they advise every level of the journey on how empathic they are being. And in the next mm. action that they do, how can they be more empathic? So you, you, they have a way of scoring empathy of every action. So there are ways, and ultimately though, first of all, empathic AI doesn't exist. It's a dream for now. What, what does exist is having preliminary AI that has more empathy. Ultimately. Uh, you know, I think, or not ultimately, but generally, if you want to be effective in your AI with empathy, it needs to be both machine and human. 
and you need to through, think through the different types of tracks and journeys that you're trying to deal with. So the first point is the chatbot, and the second point is automated marketing. That's super interesting because being empathic, being what we call in our program, that's the structural fit between the two communication parts. So, and I am super curious how you can detect and measure the empathy level because what I saw right now is you can detect the mood you are riding in. So the, the communication style, the mood and the temperature of it. Like I have some email programs that tell me, oh, you are writing in informal style now. Is that correct? Do you want to convey that? You are writing now in a very um, loving and appreciating yeah. style. Do you want that? And I'm okay. It's interesting what you are saying mm -hmm. here. And so they help me course correct. And then what I also saw is that, of course, there can be some fillers of information that they pick information from somewhere, they serve it to you on a plate, and then you, you have to do less manually. Uh, how, how do you score empathy in a, in, a, in a conversation, in a written conversation? Well, so of course, written is, is basically just one of the media, right? Because if all you have is text, and it depends on the type of text, whether it's in a text text or in a WhatsApp or Facebook or an email, the, the way the text is written tends to have different jargon, different environments. Uh, well, the scoring or measuring of empathy is a, let's say, a, another black box. A, a lady called Belinda Palmer did a, an exercise in the United, United Kingdom in 2015 of measuring empathic companies. And she Beautiful. used yeah. uh, um, a list of 57 different criteria. CVS, on the other hand, in the United States, when they were looking to measure empathy in the stores and the experience that the customers were having as they walked down the, the, the drug stores in the United States, they, they basically asked one question. Did you feel empath, em, empathically served today? So, or did you feel that you were served with empathy today? And, and what that, the issue there is that you're relying on their definition of what is empathy. So, at the end of the day, what I, I think is the sort of the way to approach this is to really try to figure out what you're trying to achieve in the measurement. Because there isn't such a thing as an empathy index, you know, or there, an empathy score. And, and sometimes you can be the most empathic person, but fuck you when you talk to somebody next to you. Because that other context bugged you, triggered you, and, and all of a sudden you've, you've lost it. So empathy is something that's practiced in the little details. It's practiced in the long term, and it's not about being 100% empathic because there are times when you just need to make, make the decision. You've got to go for it. And there are other times where your wife wants you or your daughter wants you to sit down and just listen. And, and so you need to, to evaluate your time, figure out when you can apply more empathy when you go. So that's um, my rambling answer, Simon. That's strong, beautiful. So I think the company that is able to find a way to be more empathic will have such a bigger impact. I well, had, not, only that, not only that, Simon. Yeah. But, so first of all, it's the, so the idea of empathy and AI, which is the starting point of this, is that there can be much better AI, empathic AI. But before you want to go there, check in yourself, check in your team, check in your organizational empathy. 
also look closely at the programmers because programmers are bereft of empathy as a, as a unit and they self-declare themselves that way. So when you are looking at the team that's actually going to do the coding, you need to think very clearly about the type of, of dynamics and, and chemistry that's within there because they're the ones that are going to type out that code, you know, star, star, three, one, two, nine, two, nine, one, one, one. And that becomes empathy. So, you know, and I would say ultimately try to be who you are when you're trying to impress this empathy going outwards. So at this point with the AI, generally, we're talking about dealing with the external stakeholders as opposed to within where you're looking at, um, you know, dealing with your employees. And by the way, there are opportunities for that too, empathy within your teams. And I, just a quick point. One, one of the things that I've seen, I, I deal with podcasting a lot and as you know, and um, one, I've, one of the things that I've seen happening more and more are actually internal podcasts. So when you're a CEO and you want to expand the message out to a number of people in your organization, why not do a, an audio recording rather than a visual? Because the video takes time. You know, you got to put the blue screen, green screen, and think about what you're going to say, look good, shave, makeup, whatever. And then just do an audio because the audio has a chance of being more real. You can hear it. It's very intimate when you listen to the ears, as you know, and, and just use it as, a, as, a, as a, an occasional communication tool within your, within your company. Should the CEO do it? Should everybody do it? What's your take? Should, should you outsource the production of it? The production of? Broadcasting and internal oh. podcast. Oh, well, so uh, that's sort of like uh, uh, outsourcing your customer service question or, or using an outs external agency to manage your brand. So the answer is, is nuanced. There is no one answer for everybody because if, if your voice is scratchy, horrible, and, and really miserable to listen to, <laughs> then I would not suggest you do the podcast. Having good voice in people's ears, that counts. If you are, or you hear the nervousness in your voice, not a good idea. Or work I am thinking of, of big podcasters like John Lee Dumas, who, who don't have the perfect voice, or my hero, Bob Dylan, his Bobness. With his voice, everybody was like, what's this? Uh, you remember? Thank I, you, the daddy yeah, daddy. the times, they are changing. Come yep. get it. So, I would, I would even, I would even give that a chance. It's, it's true. It's authentic. Well, that's true. And yet, the the reality is that people, you know, it depends who your team is, and if uh, if your content is fantastic, people are prepared to overlook it. Jordan Peterson is a perfect case. Yes, Dr. Jordan Peterson. He has a, a rather high pitched voice, not the most attractive of voices in an absolute scale. But for years, he had no suit on. He, he bought his first suit because people said, hey, please, Mr. Professor, now you are famous. Can you have a suit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was wonderful. <laughs> but he, he's, he's very authentic and, and uh, he's, he's a great gift of the gab. So the, so the answer about you know, outsourcing it, I, I, there, there are elements that you can outsource, like the production element, which is a pain in the ass. You know, and that's worthwhile if you're really serious about it getting someone to help you make sure that the quality of your microphone, the setup like you have is worthwhile. And then uh, thinking about the delivery of it, if it's just for internal, it's rather simple, but you might want to also use it more transparently. And one of the things I think of the future is this notion of transparency. 
And if you do a podcast recording, the reality is there's very quickly, easily sent out to the press if uh, you have a disgruntled employee. So be, be, be more uh, cognizant uh, and think about the coherence and congruency of your messaging. Even if you think it's internal, would your customers like that? In the old days, you know, you could go to your shareholders and say, oh, well, listen, shareholders, we've had a great year. Uh, we've had 16% growth and uh, we've cut six and a half uh, or a thousand heads, you know, staff. And so we've reduced our, our head count. You know, this is how farmers talk about their cows kind of thing. And, 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 and they would say that to shareholders and their stock price would go up. And the old days, the employees didn't really hear about that. Now everything's out. So whether it's internal communications, you can get cyber hacked, by the way, or have a disgruntled employee, or a little USB key that gets left behind. So things that you say and do inside, you need to be coherent and congruent with who you are in all your messaging. Absolutely. I'm, I'm also thinking if somebody now is prone to start their own podcast, uh, what you are a, an experienced podcaster. I have done some episodes. What can we give them which is really uh, helpful just to start? Because I was thinking when I was given advice that was so complicated and so expensive. And what I've learned over the last two and a half, three years is that you can start really simple, really cheap. My lessons were you just need a kind of micro, whatever it is, but a micro is good. And uh, the light, yes, you need some light in front so that people can see you if you have video. But then I think that's it. You need some absorption, which can be just a rug or some form of texture. You need absorption and you need maybe a little bit of diffusion, which can be some, some elements like real diffusers like you have here, but that's not uh, needed can be enough dust to have a couple pieces of furniture. So a small room is a great room. And even professional speakers, they do some recording uh, in the bathroom, in the toilet, in very small rooms. Seth Godin has a kind of a, yeah. a shower where yeah. he's in. I, when I had him on my podcast, I, I got to see him in his, uh, in all the beauty of his bathroom. You did? Yeah. Well, then you are the only one. Tell us. Nobody oh. did, ever did. No, he's very good. Yeah, well, I've known him for a few years, so we um, good friends. But absolutely. So let me um, say that uh, I would even go simpler. Uh, the first uh, word I would say is just do it. Launch yourself. Because basically, other than your mother, no one's going to listen to you Is in the first, uh, as you're doing podcasts, let's say the traditional external facing podcast. I'm not talking about the internal audio recordings for your staff. That's a, another ballgame. The, so the idea is just do it, go out and, and figure it out and, and, and figure out maybe you know, how you're going to get the sound better. But you do it incrementally because if you start thinking, I need to get everything right from the beginning, you'll never get anywhere. Perfection is just the biggest killer of all action. So I, uh, that's what I did in 2010 when I began. I didn't have the swank microphone that you can't see offline, which has an arm that really makes it all, you know, copacetic for the visual uh, component of it. And, um, and I'm, you know, but I'm not embarrassed about the first ones because I, the second point is I was really leaning deeply into why I was doing it. So the first point is just do it, you know, just launch yourself. 
but it, it should also be with why you're bothering to do it. And so there are two points to this. One is, what is your strategic issue that you're going to be able to solve by doing a podcast as a CEO or someone like that? Because your time is limited. And so what is your real strategic need? And maybe your strategic need could be, well, I don't get a chance to, to send my message out to my team enough, or uh, people think I'm not authentic, or I would like to establish myself as an opinion leader on a topic. Whatever the idea might be, the strategic issue that you've identified, podcasting can be a solution. And then when you have that, then you lean in. So for me, Simon, the, the reason why I do a podcast is to have interesting conversations. And how I evaluate that, Simon, is that when I'm doing a podcast interview, I almost, I feel like it's successful if I get the one thing, which is, oh, that's an interesting question. If the interviewee is being challenged or feels that it's a, a novel way of thinking, I feel like I've made at least the day of the interviewee. I've had them do connect some other dots in their brain. Then for me, I've done 500 episodes. And I've had a chance to meet 500 really fascinating people. There's nothing more interesting as we're doing right now. This ability to get into somebody in, a, in an audio environment where you're being recorded live, there's a tension there and a, and, and a sort of an invitation to go into the more intimate, personal element of the other person. And that, that discovery is something that I relish and gives back energy to me. So I have the green meeting that I mentioned before. I have the notion of giving away value every day. And the podcast is about meeting exceptional people. So I, and, 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 and then recording that for the world to listen to. Sorry. This is powerful. So how do you, how do you uh, reach out to people? Who do you contact? Because it's green people. Uh, no, not people you don't know. Or do you select by, because this is part of your core Sure. So the way I, I've operated over these 10 years, first of all, I'm 55 years old. I've been around the block. I've had chances of working in many different countries. And as an author, I get to meet all sorts of interesting people. And so through uh, conferences, through LinkedIn. And what I generally do is I want to warm up. So I don't just necessarily go cold calling somebody, hey, you know, Mr. Branson, um, who I've not had, by the way, but I, I've, I've met him a few times, but you know, I wouldn't just go up to him, hey, listen, I'll have you on my podcast. Why on earth would he want to come on to Minter's podcast? You know, I'm no one, nobody famous. So I'll circle around, figure out a little bit about who they are, what's interesting to them, and how can doing a podcast be of relevance to them? So for example, if, if an author has just finished another book, hey, I just saw John, I, you just finished another book. Why not I get you on my podcast? Then that is an easy answer. With regard to going further and people I don't know, well, I'll, I'll work them up. I might try to get, make sure, well, getting the contact, by the way, getting to open your email, well, that's a whole other gig if they don't know you. So I, I don't want this to be a painful experience for me. I want to make sure that they're happy to be doing it. It's not like, oh, fuck, I have to do this thing for a mentor. And, and it's um, with empathy and not with a, a stalking flair, because that's a very fine line to walk. Uh, how do you do it? Because many well, people are, are thinking about approaching people to right. interview right now. Well, so the issue at some level is how public these individuals are. So there are some people who are much more private, don't, aren't out there on, on the internet. So 
in that case, generally it's about me being friends with him for real. And then, hey, listen, you know, uh, whatever, f- cool friend, hey, why don't I get you on my show? And uh, that'll be over, uh, you know, cognac at a dinner. And, oh, that's interesting. And that's how that goes. And that's, that speaks to some part of my network. When it comes to the rest, if, it's, if they got publicly available, Ronan Dunn is a perfect example. So Ronan Dunn, CEO of Verizon Wireless in the United States. I didn't know him. I've been watching everything he does. He's been tweeting for many years online. So I've been liking, replying, retweeting some of his things, being generous to him. And then I was at a conference. I saw he was speaking. I wrote a question. My name was visible. He saw it. So I I knew I was getting on his radar. And then one day I sent him an email and he, he replied within three days. And, and that's how we connected. So it was developing over time. It wasn't rushed. It wasn't sort of objective-based. Because if it's like objective-based, there's a sort of an element of too pushy, me, me, me. And then when the right time came, I sent the email and he did reply. Beautiful. That's application of empathy. The highest calling right now is to be of service. So the best sales is to not sell at all but instead to serve the people you care about. Selling is telling. So who do you serve? And how do you serve them? The quality of this experience makes the difference. If you want our experts to go over your current sales funnel and really dive into the experience and the needs of your clients at each conversion point and make it a wow experience, then you are in luck because we have an exercise for you. Our 15-minute sales audit and one-on-one coaching with a world-class sprint coach. Fill out a couple of questions about your sales funnel and you will have clarity. In your personalized coaching session, you will get clarity on your number one bottleneck, three ideas on how to accelerate your growth, and a tangible sales map on how to double your conversions. Go to strategysprints.com sales and do our 15-minute free sales audit today.